Hello, and welcome to The Parting Shot, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Allen Scott. When you think of Bethany Frankel, the first thing that probably comes to mind is Bravo's The Real Housewives of New York City. But what may surprise you are the hundreds of millions of dollars her organization, Be Strong, has delivered to people in crisis, such as the Ukrainian refugees and victims of the Turkey-Syria earthquakes. But now Be Strong is turning their focus to send aid to people impacted by what's going on in Israel-Gaza. Frankel told me that, quote, Hollywood is a land of bullshit, end quote, and that she's fed up with how celebrities respond to tragedies. She said that to celebrities, there are the cool crises and then the not so cool ones, but that her organization is uniquely qualified to stay in the situation when it's no longer cool. Lover or hater, Frankel quite literally tells it like it is, at least to her, and she doesn't really care what you think of her. And honestly, that's a refreshing quality, particularly for a reality television star. And one of the things that she's doing now, both with her podcast, Just Be, and the Rewives podcast, is lifting the curtain a little bit on what it's like to be one of Bravo's housewives, the good and the bad. Frankel recently ruffled feathers over her call for reality television talent to unionize. And as she told me on today's episode, Bravo is scared. That remains to be seen, but one thing is for sure, whether it's on TV or her podcast or even as a new beauty influencer on TikTok, that one was a plot twist, Frankel is going to make sure that you know what she thinks about it, whether you want to hear it or not. So go on and grab a snack because I will be right back with Bethany Frankel. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. There's so many things I want to talk to you about, but one of the things that I am so impressed by and what I don't think a lot of people know about you is your work with Be Strong. I mean, sure, they saw it maybe in the final seasons of, of your time on Real Housewives of New York, but I don't feel like people know the scope of what Be Strong does and everything that you do because they see you on TikTok now and all the things. So like right. the fact that you're going in and taking Be Strong's message and helping people but in, impacted with the situation happening in Israel and Hamas and well with Hamas and in Gaza, what what was it about that that made you want organizationally to respond? Uh, it, you know, there is a choice each time. And sometimes we insert in something that isn't typically what we do, uh, doing millions of dollars of PPE for all 50 states during the pandemic is an example of something that would not normally be within our purview. It just became such a crisis and people were dying as a result of it. So we jumped in and we get educated immediately. And truth be told, it's often what people are passionate about, passionate about. Mm. And then I, the people have spoken, they, they want 
you to help with this situation and then you learn more about it and then you get really invested in it or it's just so prevalent on the news you can't avoid it Mm -hmm. um and in this case it was like we had it's sort of like you put one foot in front of the other and we had done so much with ukraine and we have these models that we keep building i mean years ago with hurricane maria it started that I was on the switchboard, as I always am, which is answering all messages and talking to people on social Mm. media, realizing that all these different groups had raised all this aid, but with no plan to get it to Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. So we created this model where we in Miami would be the the vortex, this hub where everyone could, um, because you can't collect aid. A lot of people got jammed up by collecting aid and it's illegal to just not distribute it. So Mm. They had to spend money to get it to us, but then we would get it to Puerto Rico and distribute it. And then we that model has served us in many different ways. And we have all this aid that now comes in all year round in this Costco size warehouse. So we then allocate each disaster. And it used to be that we only did really the Caribbean for hurricanes and things and storms because we were in Miami. And then we really broadened with Ukraine because obviously it's so far away, but we created infrastructure um, and a model where Poland became our Miami. And so, again, all these other disorganized units raising aid, they could bring it to us. And then by the same token, other orgs could come collect it from mm. us. And we had, you know, the former um, president of Poland's wife working with us and uh, my partner, Global Empowerment Mission. So we keep creating these different business, not for-profit business models that work. And it's like case law. And and each time we take something else with us, so we're pretty much equipped for anything. And mm-hmm. um, this situation now in Israel and Gaza is no different, where we're applying a lot of what we've done in the past there. So first, we're applying a lot of this here because there are many refugees that people aren't talking as much about. Mm-hmm. And many people have fled and have nothing so my Be Strong um, cash card program, which I started after Hurricane Harvey, is really great to give these refugees um, cards that, you know, give them the dignity and the freedom to to buy what they want. And then we always have aid here. Uh, so if they're coming through in Florida, we can give them what they need to start. We've relocated people. We've gotten people apartments, and, you know, after um, what was going on in Ukraine. And then there we're doing what we did in Poland with a warehouse in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And we sent aid to Israel, which was dedicated for Israel. And let's not mince words that it's been a unique time. And there's yeah. a lot of blame and a lot of hate and a lot of arguing and a lot of why are you giving them that? And why don't you do this? And why don't you do it that way? And um, there was a post that I did last week that my partner was like, this is going to be the most polarizing post you ever do, you know, mm-hmm. plummeting followers for trying to help different types of people. Yeah. So, and no one's talking about it and everyone's a big baby that only wants to talk about lip gloss and the pumpkin latte and their new, you know, show or movie. And it's, you know, Hollywood is the land of bullshit. Well, that's something I wanted to, because that's what I thought was so interesting is that, you know, especially with this particular situation, it can be potentially a thorny, difficult political discussion which I mean, myself as a Jew, like I know I'm having those discussions, like it's very complicated. And, and for you and, but doing good should not be political or complicated. So like for you, when you're approaching this as an organization, but also because so much of what Be Strong is, is modeled after your success in business and how you really grew your business. That's how Be Strong has grown. 
do you ever, does the politics ever get in the way of the things you try to do to do good? Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And it started in Puerto Rico with us having to be very delicate because it's like having, it's like the the kids with the new husband and the, the former husband. Like it's very, it's sensitive. It's two friends that don't like each other, right? So yeah. you're dealing with distributing aid for the Chabad in Puerto Rico and this group um, of, you know, Bible Belt churches mm-hmm. and the the twain don't meet and the money doesn't get mixed and we don't go in and and start placing blame and alienating either group because we take money from everyone to help people. And so if you are a Palestinian or a Jewish person before a human being, if you put that in your mind, you know how they say like God, country, family or mm-hmm. whatever order people, you know, put things in. If you put being Palestinian or being Jewish before being a, just a human being, if you're you can really live by that construct, mm-hmm. then it would be easy. But many and most right now can't. And yeah. so we are putting human suffering first. And we mandated that a long time ago. We don't, you know, people don't get to bully me into averting from what our not-for-profit business model was. Mm -hmm. And we've come into contact with this a lot. And we've had to talk to different governments and navigate corruption and navigate, yes, interception, the possibility of interception of aid and cartels and like crazy shit, Mm -hmm. you know, like. I was bringing $13 million of PPE into Albany Mm -hmm. and was scared because we thought that someone had possibly scammed us and that it was counterfeit aid. Like now that's an anecdotal story and no money ever changes hands until we're absolutely certain. But when things are moving at a hundred miles an hour, people are dying. Mm -hmm. It's hard to, you don't, it's not like vetting a business for six months. So you have to be like, you have to have a really strong stomach and be a good decision maker. And you have to be a bit of a motherfucker to do this. Yeah. Um, And so it can be scary. Yeah. It's not for everyone. And then also on top of that, do you ever, because I mean, you do have your celebrity and you have the reputation that that celebrity comes with. Do you ever worry about that? Not just even with be strong, getting in the way of the things you set out to do. What getting in the way? The celebrity, the the reputation that comes with sort of your celebrity and perhaps someone seeing your aid and then being like, but it's Bethany. And then they may. Oh, them no, having, we passed that. I yeah. prove. I mean, we've done three hundred million dollars in aid worldwide. We are completely respected. I mean, billionaires call us yeah. multi-billionaires. We don't advertise one thing. There's no pamphlet. There's no begging. There's no website. There's no getting up on stage like a monkey <laughs> asking people to give money to some stupid package. It's not it's no rubber chicken. It's no bullshit. It's money to the people. And like my business, I built it one step at a time with my partner who is good at exactly the opposite things that I'm good at Mm -hmm. and who's the only person in the world who can keep up with me. Yeah. Same clip. No one can keep up with me but him. And we're legit. No, we like people come to us now because they're scared. They don't want to fuck around and they don't want someone to criticize them. So. No, who I am. This is who I am. Well, it doesn't a, get in the way at all. And in a lot of ways, I mean, if any, you, you're you so used to sort of the media cycle and the criticism sometimes and everything that happens that like you're almost the perfect person to run something like that because you've heard it all. You've been everyone said everything about you, like everyone's had the reactions to you. So like in a way, I feel like you're a great figurehead to sort of do good in that way, you know? Yeah. And I also... I'm a good messenger. Mm-hmm. And sometimes my partner who's, you know, the operations partner is in 
the weeds of everything that's happening and all the details and thinks that the average person can digest all of that. And they really yeah. don't care. Most of them don't give a shit about this war at all, which is frightening. Yeah. So you have to be the person that's like always taking the temperature of the room and not flogging them with like all this information and knowing pick your spots when to talk and when to hold and when to like let the public take take a break from like hearing all of this. I mean, people really there are cool crises and not cool crises. Yeah. It was very cool for a week for every celebrity to post a koala in the fires and then a link to some other celebrity that they didn't know where the money was going. And it was 30% was being taken by somebody, but like no one cares because it's just a cute koala on a celebrity's picture. And then bam, next week it's something else. And like, we're still there helping because we said to the people, we're going to take this money. We're going to get donations and we're rebuilding churches, schools and helping in the Bahamas for years, mm-hmm. you know, Haiti for years. So we're got to talk about things when they're not cool anymore. Yeah. And I mean, and Biden was talking about that. It's not cool to talk about Ukraine anymore. Yeah, exactly. One of the things that also fascinates me about what you're doing is, and we, like we talked about a little bit before we started recording is your pivot into sort of being an influencer. I think it's so fascinating how you've got it. And, and, I, and I feel like in a lot of ways, it's unexpected even for you that the, the ridiculous, that the direction you want, how surprised are you by the attention you've gotten for that? I don't even know what's going on. I don't know if it's, I, I don't know if it's like, I am not putting as much into it right now because I got sick of myself and sick of all the waste and the stuff because the makeup, a lot of it's no 90, Eight percent of it is bullshit. So I don't do well with like a lot of bullshit. So if someone is posting five times a day that something's everything's miraculous, they're just they're just lying. Like they're just lying. If you see people posting multiple times a day and saying it's all amazing, they're not telling the truth because it's a scam. You don't need all the shit. So that's why I'm a little full and I only want to speak when I think something's good or do a deal when something's good or worth talking about. And but I guess I already now have this credibility of it. It's almost like in the beginning, I worked extra hard at relief work and now everyone comes to me and that's what it's like with the influencing. Like I don't talk about it that much, but it's still this crazy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so weird. I didn't even, yeah, I'm like you. I, it's the producers where you were doing something ridiculous and then it became successful and you're like, wait, this was supposed to be a joke. <laughs> well, So it's a joke, but it's like real. It doesn't make any sense. But it's kind of also like, I mean, you, of course, everyone got to know you because of a reality show. And in a weird way, you're kind of presenting us your own reality show through yes. your TikTok and YouTube. It's like another extension of that. But but with your own narrative, you controlling the narrative, not a Bravo producer, if you will. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you saying what you want to say when you want to say it. And if you're feeling down because there's a war going on, not just being like a trained you know, seal that has to go do it all day long. Yeah. So, yeah, I, it's the same thing. It's also the same thing as the relief. That's money to the people. This is content to the people. I don't really have like a dedicated manager or agent. I'm not that kind of person that likes a lot of middle yeah, I'm like a lot of fat. I like a lot of I like the meat, not the fat. Yeah, I feel that. Ironically, I love the fat. I love but the it, fat too. But I actually like the fat. So that that's I like a ribeye. But but <laughs> it doesn't work as well with the analogy. Yeah, true. But I, I I get it. Well, that's the other thing too that I your podcast is fascinating and the conversation you started about really reality television and the realities of reality television and a lot of the things you've been talking about on the podcast. It is hearing from these women. It's fascinating, but on one hand, I'm fascinated by the two different conversations that come from when you post a conversation like with NeNe Leaks or with Jill or the other ones to come. 
on one hand, I'm obsessed with knowing what happened behind the scenes and everything that you're talking about. But on the other hand, I'm obsessed with the conversation of people being like, well, you don't want to bite the hand that fed you and got you rich and made you famous. So like, what's your take on that latter part of the conversation? And why are you going in this sort of direction of really opening up that conversation about what it was like? It's so weird because it's also like relief work where I just did one thing for one place for Texas, for Hurricane Harvey, not knowing anything. And it like all of a sudden, then you put another foot in front. So I just said something. All I did was said, well, my God, we should have a union. We are the most exploited. Like I just said something. Mm -hmm. It got picked up everywhere. everywhere. And then everyone reached out to me. And so then I felt a responsibility, not unlike relief work, where it was like all these people were saying they've been abused and this has happened and this thing and I can't get into all the details, but to to every type of person you could imagine, to to mothers, to um, people of different uh, races, to you know, from racism to trans to sexual abuse, like all this crazy shit. So I felt like, what am I going to do with all that information? Just say, oh, I just said something like every other, every Hollywood person said just says something and doesn't do something. Yeah, like just up on soapboxes, waxing poetic, then wait for the next popular conversation. It's so insufferable. (laughs) So I then was like, all right, well, this means something and it's actually true. And then I ended up connecting them with um, the lawyers who Mm -hmm. were going to, you know, helping them with, with what's going on. And I thought, you know, like there, it is the time for a reckoning and why not be me? And I'm the best person to do it because I wasn't disgruntled. I wasn't fired. I was begged back many times. And I, that's why I was the most scary person to do it too, because I could, I could get it done. I'm a pretty strong bitch. So, um, and I am getting it done mm-hmm. and there's a lot coming and major, 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 major Titans, like leaders of industry are getting on board. They know this is the way it's going. They're not getting in the way of this and they'd rather be with me than, you yeah. know, on the wrong side of it. And Bravo scared. Let's just put it where it is. Bravo scared. And yeah. As I said in a post, maybe I am fighting. Well, first of all, the hand didn't feed me. I fed the hand, too. The caliber of housewives that changed Mm -hmm. since I was on and my success, everyone says, I'm on here trying to do what you did. Everyone says. Anyone says that's not true. Like anyone from the powers that be at Bravo, they're lying Mm because the women individually have come up to me and said that. So they got a different caliber of person. I created the model for monetizing reality TV even before the Kardashians and I made them as much as they made me, like Nini said about herself. Like, we were breakout characters. Yeah. And if that's not true, and I just made that whole thing up, and I'm biting the hand that feeds me, it deserves to be bitten. Yeah. I mean, there are people that worked with Harvey Weinstein that have gotten Academy Awards and been fed very well. Does that mean that, you know, when he said they had nice tits, that that was okay? Like, does that mean that used to be that, like, directors and, and, and writers and other actors and just people could talk to people a certain way in offices around the country? Does that mean that was, like, just because they were making money and doing well? Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. Like, is that, what it's the fasc- fuck does that mean? It's a fascinating, I mean, the thing that I wonder about it is for established reality stars like yourself or the past reality stars like yourself or you people who are currently on reality TV, a, a union seems like, yeah, they know what they're doing. But for, I'm thinking from like a, a network executive perspective, that there's always that person out there who just wants to be famous, who isn't famous yet, that that network can turn to and say, don't join this union and we'll pay you X amount of money. 
and go. Do you know but what I mean? But there's always someone who would sleep with someone for a part. It doesn't make yeah. it right. Yeah, it's true. There's always, no. it's, a, it's like it's really very similar. If you really think it, it's exploitation just because you can doesn't mean you should. Just because they're desperate young girls who want to do it doesn't mean that you then go and make all this money on it and abuse them in the process. And you'll find in the next in the coming weeks that the women that have been abused the worst are the types that have like that life has beaten them down a little too. Yeah. Like it was like, they're the perfect people to take advantage of. They're the perfect cult members. Like they're the perfect people to be like this one. We can get anything out of that one. Let that one be the villain. Let that one be the promiscuous one, the drunk, Mm -hmm. the drug addict, whatever it is. Like those people are really, really vulnerable. And this medium takes advantage of them. And there's been, you know, it's been complete exploitation of women. It has been absolute exploitation of women, it's like a cult. Each woman is promised something very specific and has a mm-hmm. different type of relationship uh, with the powers that be. And everyone's pitted against each other. And there's all these promises of things you're going to get. Yeah. You get punished, sanctions. I mean, it's it's a fucked up place. But no one ever notices how fucked up places are until someone notices how fucked up places are and mentions it, shines yeah. a light on it. Yeah. And it's coming out and it ain't going back. You just need the cover art for Norma Ray. Like that should be the promo. Like that's all I see right now. And you would make a great Norma Ray. I mean, you're very, like, I can see the Sally Field. Kelly Ripa calls me Norma Ray. I could see that. I totally see that. Well, so my last question for you and it, one of the things that I, I respect, I mean, I, like I said before, I followed your career. I've, I, I bought the skinny girl wine. I did all the things, you know what I mean? I did, I did the things that I was needed to do, but (laughs) I, on your TikTok, which TikTok only shows me you and I'm not mad about that. Um, but I'm sorry. Uh, no, don't be. I enjoy it. I, I buy a lot of the makeup products. Um, but I one of the things that I find so fascinating is you're so open and honest about when you hit big and it, you, that you weren't an early bloomer, if you will, like you were a bit of a late bloomer and how everything kind of started a little bit late for you, which I think is a message that like is more than all of anything you say that gets news that's controversial or anything like that, that message to me is sort of the most poignant one because I don't think a lot of people talk about that. You know, we have all these rich people who they say they got rich, you know, in their forties or whatever, but they come from money. They had money. Like they, right, right. like you, you really didn't have that. What, what does that mean to you when you share that? What kind of messages do you get from people who maybe are struggling and want to branch out and do something new in their forties and beyond? And, do you see it as po- as poignant as like I do when when you do it? I, I do yeah. because it, it was very scary time, and women are very scared, and men, women and men, people are very scared at that age, um, and they need to hear it. Mm-hmm. Like they need to hear it because also you can't really be you can't be a maverick, tough entrepreneur unless you really like felt felt it. Like it would be. It's hard to raise a privileged child or be raised privileged and have that level of hunger. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like I'm discriminating against somebody who happened to grow up wealthy and it's not their fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, poor them. But uh, <laughs> I kind of am saying that you don't have this grit unless yeah. you have this grit. Mm-hmm. So I didn't grow up poor and I went to private school and, you know, um, was fortunate in many ways, but there was a lot of dysfunction in my house and a lot of have and then have nothing and be broke and then have like a lot of gambling and a lot of real dysfunction. So it was certainly not like a consistent thing. Uh, it was be broke, then 
be feel rich than be broke. It was really not great. And then as an adult, when um, I kind of was on my own, uh, I had no safety net and no money. And it was very exasperating. And I also had no prospect. I really didn't know yeah. which road I was going on and which was the right one. I wasn't leading towards anything. I didn't have upward mobility, building a career at one place. And it was very scary. Like I was no more successful at 38 than I was at 26. I was more successful at 26 producing events. So that was scary because it gets not that cute as you get older. Yeah. Yeah. To be like desperate and alone and don't have any money and can't afford to pay for anything. And, you know, it just it was scary. Well, and that's what I think the reason why it resonates so much, I think, particularly when you talk about it on TikTok is you know, I'm of a generation where I graduated in the early aughts college and there was September 11 and then there was the recession and then there was the pandemic. And then there like all of the things that made it sure that I would never have a 401k that was going to be well stocked. And mm. and and we're the ones on TikTok watching you who maybe a generation right before us who got out of that. And we're, I think, in that spot of we're hitting late 30s, 40s. And it's like. We got, we got nothing still. And so I think that's why it resonates with so many, with so many younger people as well, is that like, we're just trying to find a way out of it. And I think, yeah. I think you're kind of a, a good messenger in a lot of ways for that. Thank you. Yeah. Well, how you do anything is how you do everything is how I feel about it. I'm mm -hmm. just like one of those people that throws my entire body into everything that I do. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's, I was on that show snake oil and I acted like I was literally in the Olympics <laughs> on the last round to get the gold medal. I was, it could, didn't matter. And it didn't matter if I was going to go try in and out burger, like Brent and I were doing it. We're ordering it. We're getting everything. We're tasting it. And we're serious yeah. about this review. Yeah. I mean, and I, I appreciate it. Did you, did you eat the onion one? The onion, the, uh, you know how they have the onion. Well, wrap? what was annoying was we ordered, I think the sauteed onions, but also I wasn't, I didn't, I feel like it was a violation for it to just come with lettuce and tomato without really, letting me know. Like I thought it was just like going to be a burger with onions and cheese. I wasn't, I'm not interested in a lettuce and tomato. I think it's an interruption in the burger. See, I get upset at the pickles and the, the pickles and the relish because they have both in there. And I think that's just too much. Oh, and that saw that gloppy sauce is good though. It is. I wouldn't, yeah, I, I, I would get upset at that too. I mean, I would like it, but I would like to choose it for myself. And I don't like when someone, um, lemons, the fried calamari or something. Yeah. And now my daughter's like, can I just put lemon on all this? I'm like, ah, no, absolutely not. That's a violation. A, it's going to sog up my part and I will season my own end. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Squeeze your own yeah. lemon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I don't like a group. I don't like a lemon squeezer for everyone. No, it really feels like a violation. Individual lemons for everybody. A hundred percent. Well, Bethany, Or like, do you, would you like me to put lemon on this? And then I'll let yeah. you know. No, no, I would not. No, thank you. don't. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for taking the time awesome. to chat with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I told you, she lays it out, she tells it like it is, and you know, you listened. Follow me, I'm H. Allen Scott on everything. Let me know what you thought of today's episode and leave a little rating and review wherever you're listening to this podcast. And for the latest news and podcasts, head to newsweek.com and follow Newsweek on all the social platforms and subscribe to my newsletter. It's called For the Culture. It's lots of fun, Tuesday and Thursdays. It's great, everything you need to know about pop culture. Until then, watch something fun and have a great day.